Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome into another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast. As always, I'm Justin Michael. We had some big news earlier today on Avery Morrow. He will be eligible to play in games after all. My good buddy Kevin Lytle broke that news. We'll dive into that. Then we will get into what's happening in Agland, CSU football, CSU women's soccer with a nice start to the year. I will talk a little CSU volleyball, huge weekend coming up for them. In the intro here, going to just briefly talk about Swamp Kings, which came out earlier today. Um, it was a really entertaining documentary about the Urban Meyer era Florida Gators. The thing is, documentary would be kind of a generous term, more of a fluff piece. I felt the same way about the Manziel one. And really, I think you could say the same thing about The Last Dance, even as much as I enjoyed that. Michael Jordan had complete control. You could tell Urban Meyer had a lot of influence, if not total control, on on what happened in this Netflix one. I mean, they somewhat mentioned some of the chaoticness of what was happening in Gainesville, but they don't get into Aaron Hernandez or the Pouncey brothers or the 30-plus arrests that happened you know, while he was head coach for five years. And honestly, from Urban's perspective... I get it. Why would you sign on to be a part of something if it was going to be, I don't know, I guess more journalistic. He's trying to revive his public image. This whole thing is basically a a love fest for that era of Florida football, which, you know, it was really entertaining growing up. I I love those Gators teams. I, I loved watching Tim Tebow. He's one of my favorite college football players of all time. Really that era is a big part of, of what made me fall in love with the game on a national level. You know, I was fortunate that when I was really young, I got to experience just great CSU squads. And at the end of the Lubick era, you know, obviously it started to dip. And then the Fairchild era, that's a whole other conversation. But during that time, that's when I really started to get into the game on a national level. Players like Reggie Bush, Vince Young, then Tim Tebow. Those guys were larger than life. And I still remember playing with them on the NCAA football video games. That was another aspect of probably what really made me fall in love with college football. It was such a great game. But just as someone that really loved Tim Tebow, as someone that loved that era of college football, I felt like Swamp Kings was enjoyable. It's worth watching. It's just not like a real documentary, if that makes sense. I mean, it's a, it's a fluff piece. And that's fine. It's entertaining enough, but you're not 
you're not getting the whole story. That's all I'm saying. All right, before we get into this Avery Morrow situation, um, I want to tell you guys about DNVR Rams Live. It's going to be my weekly preview show for CSU football. We'll talk the Mountain West as a whole. We'll dip into the national landscape a little bit, but really, you know, we're going to get into the week at hand, set the scene, what's important about the matchup for CSU, what you guys need to keep an eye on around the league. We'll have interviews with guests that cover the the teams. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. It's going to be uh, Thursday, 9.30 a.m., DMVR Sports YouTube. If you can't watch it live, you can always watch it later. I'll also upload the audio straight into the traditional podcast feed. So if you're an audio-only guy, don't worry. You'll still be good there. But we're just trying to increase the video element for the beat, trying to give you guys as much quality content as possible. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll be a good way to kind of grow the CSU Rams community, reach some more Ram fans that haven't found us yet. If you would help us share the show, you know, tune in live, give us thumbs up, all that fun stuff. Send it to your aunts, your uncles, anybody that may enjoy it. You know, you'd be helping your boy out. That's for sure. Keep an eye out for DMVR Rams Live. Also, keep an eye out for the new merch that we're going to have dropping soon. I've gotten a lot of messages about it. I know that we have more CU merch than CSU merch at the moment. Part of that is just due to, to sales. But I'm really excited about this new merch we have dropping. It's, it's long overdue, and you guys are going to love it. Saturday Neon is a company started by two friends, former college roommates, and they make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. Saturday Neon is Denver-based, and whether you're a diehard fan or just a casual supporter, you're going to love the way these things light up in your team's colors. Saturday Neon signs are made with high-quality materials. They're backed by a two-year warranty. They're shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. They're officially licensed for 19 select schools, including CSU, Arizona, Alabama, Wisconsin, so many others. Great for offices, man caves, dorm rooms. Shoot, put one in your kitchen. That's how cool they are. Go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use the code DNVR for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. I also want to talk to you guys about Circa Resort and Casino. It's Vegas's first ever adult-only casino resort. They save time by checking everybody's IDs at the door. Then you're good from there. They've got a three-story stadium-style sports book. It is epic. It takes 10 people to operate the 78 million pixel screen. They've got awesome food from Victory Burger and Wings to Project Barbecue. Tons of VIP seating. The Dugout Club, the Legends Club, the Champions Club, Circa Club Upper, Circa Club Lower, North and South Stands. They have everything you could ever imagine, including Stadium Swim, which is a 15,000-square-foot area of wet space 4,000 people capacity. They've got a 143 by 40 foot LED screen open 365 days a year. They have over 500 different rooms with a variety of layouts to fit your needs. If you're going out to Sin City anytime soon, I cannot recommend Circa Resort and Casino enough. CSU UNLV, Broncos Raiders, maybe Avs Nights. There's all kinds of options. Also, if you're just wanting to uh, sports bet a little bit here in Colorado, the Circa Sportsbook app is available you can download that at circusports.com. Circus Sports bets can only be made while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circus Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. 
Finally, when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bax and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accident, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. All right, let's talk about this Avery Morrow situation. If you missed it, Kevin Lytle of the Coloradoan broke the news earlier this evening. Avery will be eligible this fall to participate in games. At the beginning of camp, I gave an update that he had returned to team activities. He had been working out with the team since summer. He was eligible to practice. At that point, it was unclear if he was going to be able to play in any games this fall. But now it seems that we will see him out there. In the statement that is in the article published by Kevin, again, Coloradoan broke this news, but here is the statement that he published from CSU. Following a six-month team suspension and completion of university requirements through the student conduct process, Avery Morrow is permitted to return to student activities, including those with the football program. We will not comment on pending legal matters, and his team status will be reviewed at the resolution of those proceedings. As Kevin addresses in the article, Morrow, who was charged with felony second-degree assault, will still begin trial on November 28th. At least he's set to, uh, there could always be a plea deal or something like that. Just acknowledging, though, that the situation is not necessarily over for Morrow. If he's convicted, he could face a couple years prison time. I'm not trying to speculate on the situation or give an opinion on where it's going or where I think it should go or anything like that, just trying to lay out all the facts. I think it's safe to say that if he ends up getting convicted, he won't be a part of the program moving forward. That feels like a, a fair assumption. Again, I don't want to speculate too much or imply that I think it's going that way or anything like that. Um, I will say I believe in the legal process, and I think that it's important that these type of situations are sorted out in court because frankly none of us know the entire story i know a little bit more about the context of the situation than the general public and unfortunately especially with this being an ongoing legal process i i can't really say any of that but i guess my opinion on the situation as of now you know at the end of august is that moro clearly made a mistake he was punished by the team he was away from the team for the entire spring whether that's enough accountability is is probably up for debate. I think that would be fair. Not missing any game time. Maybe he should. Maybe he still will. We don't know. That's a coaching call, and we'll have to see how that plays out. But my opinion is that if CSU as an institution has deemed that Avery can be a student, that he can be on campus, that he's able to practice, I don't really know why he wouldn't be able to participate in games. When you get into these types of situations with the school, you know, typically there's quite a few things you have to do as as far as like anger management and stuff goes. They review the process and you kind of go from there. Again, the situation is not necessarily resolved, but as of right now, you know, it's not like he's been convicted. CSU has determined that 
they feel he's put in the work to at least, you know, be on campus, be a student at the moment. He's been able to practice with the team. And to me, if he's practicing with the team all year, it would have been weird if CSU then said you can't play at all, though, but you're fine to be on the team. You can practice, do everything else, but you can't play. I wouldn't really get that, at least from the institution's standpoint, whether he's faced enough accountability, whether he should miss some game time. Uh, as far as the, the coaches' decisions go, that's probably up for debate. Again, like I said, I'm not sitting here clamoring for him to to miss more action. If it had been a situation where CSU had swept it under the rug and he never faced any type of discipline, that would be a, a different story because there, there does have to be accountability. But at the same time, I also firmly believe that redemption should be embraced when appropriate and earned. Morrow made a mistake. He's a young kid and it was a bad situation. He made a mistake. But since that moment, CSU has determined as an institution that they feel he's, you know, done the right things, taken the proper precautions. It seems like the staff feels that way. Again, we'll have to see how this all plays out in court, assuming it does in fact go to trial in November. But we have to let that legal process play out and based on the current information available, based on the current circumstances, if he can be a student on campus, if he can practice with the team, be an official member of the team, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to play in games. Once you shake things out in court, you reassess the situation. But this is obviously complicated. I think very few people know enough information about what happened to be able to fairly say this is what the uh, the appropriate course of action should be. Clearly, there needed to be some discipline, but how much? That's for the, the people that know more information than us to determine. I'm not a judge, neither are any of you. What I do know is that everything, if everything was determined by the, the court of public opinion, we'd have a lot of rash and misguided judgments. Gotta let the process play out. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, as far as the, the football side of things go, obviously this is, it's a big win for the Rams. I mean, Avery was one of the best running backs in the Mountain West a year ago. I believe he was third in, in rushing yards per game in conference play and playing behind what was frankly one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. And with, you know, a freshman backup quarterback in, in the Nevada game with a hodgepodge O-line, a variety of QBs and a lot of really young, inexperienced players around him, he was able to go out and produce in a major way when the Rams desperately needed somebody other than Torrey Horton to step up. I mean, I don't really have any way to quantify this, but if Mora wasn't on the team last year, CSU's probably a one-win team. They definitely don't win in Reno. His 167 yards in that game were were massive but he was huge in the win over Hawaii. Remember, he had that 67-yard touchdown run. And even in some of those losses, he gave the Rams an opportunity to be competitive, rushed for 100-plus yards in five of the, the final eight games of the season. In total, he had 866 yards on 173 carries, was really impressed with his speed for a guy of his frame. I mean, he, he's not exactly Kobe Johnson out there, Avery listed at 5'11", 210 pounds. And that's why, you know, from a football perspective, 
he and Kobe Johnson could be a, a two-headed monster out there. You've just got a nice variety with the way that they're going to be able to attack opponents. Moro, a big, bruising, physical back that when he gets when he gets going full steam ahead, it's like a freight train coming down the hill. And having to deal with that type of back as an opposing defense is exhausting. He's initiating the contact and bringing the pain to the defenders every bit as much as the defenders are bringing it to him. And when you do that, you just take those shots, those body blows over and over again. That's exhausting. And then you got to try and keep up with the speed of a player like Kobe Johnson. You can get him in space, get him to the sideline. Also, just a nice change. You know, you're not able to see him as much behind the offensive lineman between the tackles. So it's not like he's only going to be a, a gadget player that they use with screens and stuff. I mean, he can be a, a traditional three down back when needed. The nice thing with having them both is just you can limit the mileage on them, keep them healthier, you know, hopefully running a little fresher at the end of the season. And just the creativity it gives you from an offensive standpoint, you know, you can be more multiple, you have more flexibility with what you can call. And that's not even getting into Damian Henderson, who we're all really stoked about. All of a sudden, the depth of that room feels really good. I mean, they had they had one healthy running back in, in spring ball, basically, once Keegan Hollis went down. It was Van Shield, converted walk-on. And now you've got four or five guys that you'd feel fairly comfortable with taking some some touches in a game. Kobe and Avery are definitely going to be the two-headed monster that you know, really carry the the majority of the workload, but it would not surprise me at all to see Damian Henderson on the field, both as a kick returner or just a guy that they want to get the ball in his hands because he's that athletic. You know, Justin Marshall's really athletic. KJ Edwards is the JUCO transfer. We've heard a lot of good things about him that he brings some juice to the table. I'm excited to see what this group is ultimately able to do and Ultimately, having a strong run game, that's only going to be beneficial to Clay Millen and those offensive linemen. You don't want to have them back in pass pro all day. That's just really hard. You want to be able to let them, you know, get downhill and maul a couple of guys every now and then. All right, that's my two cents on the situation. Let's move on real quick. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear them with confidence because Shady Rays always has your back. You can shop the entire location at the Park Meadows Mall, full-stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself this Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, you guys know we love our Breckenridge beers at DNVR, and it's because Breckenridge Brewery has a beer for any day of the week, any opportunity, any event. They just make life better as a whole. That's because they've been doing it for 33 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy, which you've got to love, but you've also really just got to love the endless variety that they offer a good company hard seltzer, perfect for the summertime. Avalanche Amber Ale, a classic. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
And then finally, you know, the Breck Mountain Beach Sour is one of my personal favorites. We're getting towards the end of summer here. You know, you want to capitalize on those summer vibes while we still have them. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. All right, this isn't going to be the longest pod in the world, but before we get out of here, I did want to go over what's happening in Agland. If you're new here, that is where we kind of go around and talk about some of the other teams on campus that I don't traditionally focus on, football, men's basketball, and, and some women's hoops as well. That's really my main focus. But I love to be able to talk about CSU volleyball, you know, soccer, track when I can. And so without further ado, let's get into it. CSU football, a.k.a. CSU women's soccer, they are 1-0-1 and on the season. They started the campaign with a 1-1 draw at DU on August 17th, followed that up with a dominant 3-0 win over Louisiana Tech in the home opener. A lot of new faces on the squad, uh, 12 new players in total, four in the starting lineup. So a new look for this group under Keeley Hagan. I think the Rams are doing a nice job of adding talent via the portal. They're doing especially a good job of being aggressive with players with Colorado ties. You're seeing that a lot from CSU and CU, to be honest. There is a lot of talent when it comes to girls soccer in the state, especially at the high school level. A lot of those players are going elsewhere. You know, they're they're going to the Pac-12, they're going to the SEC, just bigger schools, bigger programs. You're not going to be able to keep a lot of those players in state and I think Hagen is is realistic about that, but a lot of them end up getting homesick. And if they are going to consider coming closer to home, the Rams got to be in that mix. I have a quote from Hagen last week when we spoke to her at media day. We want to be in the conversation when they come back, when they're looking to transfer and potentially being closer to home. That's part of our recruiting model. It's no secret. Speaking of some of that new talent and portal additions in the DU match, Auburn transfer Olivia Fout began her CSU career with a goal, capitalized on the rebound off of a teammate's attempt following a Rams corner. CSU really dominated DU in that game. I mean, they outshot the Pios 11-2 in the first half, 17-9 in the game. Unfortunately, just unable to come out with the victory. That was kind of common for CSU last season. They had eight draws a year ago. I asked Hagen, you know, is is that kind of a frustrating process? What do you need to do to start turning some of those into wins? And, you know, sarcastically, she was like, score more goals than the other team, which is fair. You set yourself up for that when you ask that type of question. But then she, you know, gave some more insight and just mentioned that you basically got to stay with the process and, you know, stay committed to what you're doing. Keep doing the right things. Eventually, you're going to end up on top. And that's how it panned out for the Rams in the home opener against Louisiana Tech. 3-0, just domination by CSU. Katie Coffin scored twice. She had three shots on goal, scored twice, including on a 30-yard free kick. Pretty impressive. Uh, Olivia Fout, who scored in the opener, the Auburn transfer, she scored again as well. The Rams outshot Louisiana Tech 18-7 in total, 9-1 in terms of shots on goal. So a quiet day for the CSU keeper. Love to see that. Love to see the strong defensive effort CSU has had over these first couple of matches. And I love to see the Rams finding the back of the net. Next up, the Rams will try and make it a winning streak when Cal Baptist comes to FOCO Sunday at 6 p.m. Go Rams. They will not be the only team in action, though. CSU Volleyball kicks off the Emily Cohen era with a bang. 
Number 10, Kentucky comes to town Friday. Number three, Stanford on Saturday night. The game against Kentucky will serve as the annual whiteout. Everybody encouraged to wear whiteout for that one. Hopefully, you know, we'll be close to a sellout if they don't sell it out. 2,500 free shirts will be handed out to the students in attendance. Love that. Love inspiring this younger generation. I'm actually going to kind of talk about that on DNVR Rams Live this Thursday. Just about, you know, how important it is to connect with these CSU students because there were, you know, basically entire generations of students. And this is more of a football perspective, to be fair. But, you know, they went their entire undergrad experience without really having something memorable, you know, having one of those homecoming moments like, you know, CSU beating Utah State in 2014 or winning the showdown or, you know, even beating Wyoming or Air Force. It's been tough out there. It's been really tough, but hopefully brighter skies ahead for CSU football and hopefully a nice start for CSU volleyball this weekend with a pair of ranked opponents coming to town. Uh, The Rams will play four ranked teams in the non-conference schedule. Baylor will come to town later on. CU, it's a really fun schedule. They got Michigan, Arkansas, a lot of power five programs are certainly, you know, not shying for back from competition. It's the type of schedule that can get you some attention nationally. It's the type of schedule that prepares you for the level of competition you'll face in the NCAA tournament, which can be a challenge because frankly, the Mountain West always has, you know, two, three, sometimes four, you know, quality volleyball programs, but top to bottom, it's not the best league. It's why it's always a one bid conference. And I've always just thought that it's got to be challenging after playing a certain level of competition for a couple months to then get thrown into the fire of the NCAA tournament and all of a sudden be going up against, you know, a team like Stanford, for instance. So when you face them early on in the season, it just kind of gives you an idea of what that pace is going to be like, what you need to do to be able to win those types of matchups. It's great for the program. And honestly, the fans should be rewarded with these types of games. CSU, Fort Collins as a community, We support volleyball in a way that very few places do. And that's why teams like Stanford are are willing to come here. Looking forward to seeing how the Cohen era begins this weekend. Best of luck to the Rammies on the hardwood. That's all I've got for y'all tonight. Hope everybody is enjoying their week. We'll be back with more content throughout the week. Again, DMVR Rams live 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time at DMVR Sports YouTube. Check it out. Much love, y'all. Peace. Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on there.